Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Threecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. And boys, we are here to talk about the comics that are coming out on June 28th, is it? Yeah. Yes. For some reason, I wrote 29th in my notes, and I knew that was wrong. 28th um, from DC Comics. And the first one we're going to talk about is the backup of Action Comics, which is called A World Without Clark Kent, Part 1. It is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. It's illustrated by David Lapham. Vincey, you're the one that wanted to talk about this. Uh, I think it's a cool idea. I want to hear what you think about it, so go for it. Well, I'm the David Lapham boy, and uh, that's really why I wanted to read it. Um, the story was a fat lot of nothing, but what I will say is I really enjoy... See, it, it takes place in Steelworks, right? Yes. So there's, a, there's a lot of John Henry. There's... Uh, Supergirl is there. Uh, Natasha Irons appears at a certain point. So it's these fun, like ancillary Superman characters that call back to like the death and return of Superman era as well, a little bit. Um, well, right down to the villain that's revealed at the end, right? Um, mm-hmm. because because I believe Conduit was very much a part of the Dan Jurgens. Uh, era of Superman. I believe maybe, maybe that's even, correct. Maybe even was correct. created by by Jurgens. I think sounds like a character that would be right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so, kind of it was know, created by Dan Jurgens and Louise Simonson. So there you go. There you go. Um, so oh, you uh, need to know. <laughs> yep, I'm pointing it. You can't see, but I'm pointing at you guys. Yep. <laughs> um, other than that, like the stories are not much of anything. They're kind of they're working around Steelworks Lab. They've got that they've got uh, Taula, that girl from the alien that was from like the uh, Kryptonian religion worshiping. I forget what they were called. They do. They do have a name. I can't remember. Y- yeah, the Ark yeah. before Warworld is where they're from. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. And um, it's about. They're they're keeping her in a in a um the the pod from Star Wars <laughs> the back back to tank um and the, they're learning about that Genesis fragment which was also from the the arc or one of the arcs before the War World stuff where Aquaman and and Superman were kind of arguing over who gets to possess this fragment or who could best take care of it or whatever it's super powerful and it could change the way you know blah 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 it's it's a it's a MacGuffin. really really not much in the way of a story but you know what i love the art i love the colors from uh, trish mulvihill um it's it's very bright and colorful issue which i just think like we just need more of that in general um across the dcu and uh, and yeah, harkens back to a different time in comics, and uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, even though it didn't like totally knock my socks off. Zach, anything to uh, add slash quibble with there? No, I mostly agree with all of that. You know, I've definitely been the one who's higher on this run, but I've I've fallen off a little bit uh, over the last few issues, and so um, it was nice to see this thread picked up again. The fate 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 Phalorians, Phalothians. Oh, Phalosians. Phalosians. Yeah, yeah. The that was an interesting. Theodosia. Thread. 
Yeah, the, Dear Theodosia. Um, that uh, was a thread that I liked from that previous arc um, that at least where I had left off in action was not really being explored that much, it seems. Um, so it's cool to see a return to that. Um, but yeah, this just this one single story was kind of uh, not much, um, which is interesting comparing this to the other uh, Lapham story that's running in tech, which is a lot more of something. You know what I mean? Um, yes. like, like on its own, it's, it, it is a thing. Um, even as this being like a, one of, a, I assume this is a multi-part backup that's going to be told yes this felt less uh fulfilling even than just like the first chapter of gotham girl so um i I think part of that i don't disagree with that zach i was thinking about that myself but i think part of it is because this is very this is very much a piece of the war world story and so if you aren't connecting with that as much it's harder to be excited by this whereas the Gotham Girl thing was it's a character we haven't seen in a couple of years. You know, it just it, it feels a little bit more it feels a little bit more exciting and different than we've seen recently because that character hasn't been touched so much. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't have any I don't have too much more to add than what you boys have already talked about here. Um because I am a little bit behind on Warworld, I don't know. Have we seen this interaction from Natasha's point of view yet, Zach? I have no idea. I'm not. I, I'm like probably three issues behind. Yeah, I'm. I'm something similar to that as well. So that's the only thing is it seems like if they can contact people on Earth, shouldn't they be doing that for more stuff than just this? <laughs> like I, that, that's always my and that that's that's the pen to me, right? But it feels like if she can contact Earth, she should be doing so for more stuff than just this one very particular reason for her to reach out. Yeah. Um, but I do like the John Henry stuff we get here. I do like the Kara stuff we get here. I feel like Philip Kennedy Johnson has a pretty good beat on all of the super characters. So I think that that stuff is pretty solid. You know, the Lapham art is obviously really nice. It um, it feels so different than what's happening in the world portion of the book, which is good for two reasons. First of all, I like this art better than I do the stuff in the main title, but also it helps to separate sort of the it helps to, to to hammer home the idea of Clark being someplace very very different mm-hmm. but I don't have too much more to say about this um I'm interested to see where this goes and I am excited to catch up on war world before it wraps up in just a few months which we were talking about before the show um anyway let's move on to Batman Fortress number two the duck written by Gary Witta illustrated by Derek Robertson um, I know it's only the second issue, but I'm going to say it. This fell off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it's just so. I don't know if generic is the right word, but it is. It is kind of generic. I thought this had the opportunity to tell a story that felt unique. And there is so little that's unique about this story. Yeah, even like the dialogue, I felt like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, doesn't really feel like these could be any characters. I thought I thought that the bit at the beginning where like 
you know, Wit is trying to do some like characterization and there's some Bendis banter. Yeah, Bendis banter. And there's like the weird stuff where like, you know, uh, Jess isn't there. She's the Green Lantern, which is which is a nice is a cool choice. But it's like, uh, you know, they're like ragging on Flash because he like she blocked him on Instagram or something. And I'm like, that's a weird little bit, Dad. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Who are a, these people? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. And then just like how like hyper militant at all felt like it felt like just any generic alien invasion you know like independence day any you know it just felt like dc's invasion (laughs) yeah it felt like everything you've ever seen about an unidentified object you know aircraft hanging out on on earth it it just it just felt like that i agree And, and like the the attack goes exactly like you would expect there are a few few semi-interesting twists um particularly i guess with like the last few pages but i yeah i I wasn't very impressed by this i'll take it one step further i think even the the dialogue that i don't think anybody would have expected like i i don't think anybody was thinking like gary widow was going to you know change the world with his batman dialogue but there's a part where um where Bruce is talking to Vic Stone, a cyborg, and he's like, I'm not going to make it. And it's just the most cliched shit in the world. He's like, no, you have to. And it's like, no, it's too late for me, but you have to save the world. Just like, it. Th- this guy wrote screenplays. He should know how bad and hackneyed that dialogue sounds. Yeah. It's bad. Um, But yeah, and, and you know, again, like, I, I'm I'm not opposed to having... Uh, having this story not, you know, blow our minds necessarily, but on the, the same token, I don't understand why this story exists yet. There is nothing here that is that is different or unique from a a, a Batman standpoint yet. It just seems like this is very much what we expected it to be, and I don't understand why we are uh, why we're okay with that. I guess. Uh, yeah well i mean i don't think we're okay with it but yeah yeah i think i think it's just you know gary wood is a fairly big name that had wanted to do a batman story and and dc gave the green light you know this is something that could will could potentially be like a not like a big evergreen hit but you know it'll it'll make a nice little volume that people that they can they can tout out anytime there's a batman movie or something you know yeah but i i don't even think that will happen um but i but i think that was the idea yeah um so i'll i i agree with you guys totally um and i'll and the one thing i'll mention that you guys didn't was just zach talked about how this was very generic i thought that was true right down to uh the many pages of the various justice league characters trying to punch this giant egg floating in space yes that they were like getting stuck to and stuff like that um you know you have Derek robertson on art and 
the best idea you've got is to have a big egg floating in the sky that they punch and like get stuck to it. It, it felt really minimalist in a way that was like corner cutty versus like trying to design something cool or intimidating or, or anything like that. I, uh, on the flip side of that, like, we're like, if I'm going to say something positive, you have Derek Robertson and the aliens at the end that Zach alluded to the, the ones that land on the Kent farm and burn it down. They're actually cool looking. Like they're interesting looking, they're colorful. And that's like more of what you want to see Derek Robertson getting to draw, you know, especially because um, I think that in this issue in particular, some of his character work is, is no bueno. I definitely, definitely not as good as we, we know he can do. Um, that's for sure. Um, there, there, there's a full page shot of Bruce being mad. And it, it's, it's not, it's not oh, the one of him like yelling at Alfred and then yeah. apologizing. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. Um, um, but I will say, I'll say a couple more nice things about this. I don't have, I don't have much. And on the whole, I, I did not like it uh, this time around, but, but there's a scene in the beginning. It's like page five of our PDF where the justice league kind of pulls up in silhouette with, along with the various like air forces of, of earth. I it's alluded to that they're, that they're allying with like basically all the major countries to take on this alien threat. Well, there is one major country that is very specifically not mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, who is that, Brian? Well, let's put it this way. They're currently warring with a much <laughs> smaller country. That is the second name mentioned in yes. this list of world powers. It's Kazakhstan. Yes, it is. Um, no. Uh, uh, this yes. ship is, be- is second best gunner in, in Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens are coming to earth for our uh, massive uh, hall of pubis exactly um no uh, <laughs> uh uh what was i saying oh that i just think i think that scene is kind of cool because um just the fact that they decided to show it in all silhouette and then you've got like you have like generic military fighter jets next to the bat plane and then like the silhouette of Hawkman <laughs> who is like looming as large as one of those planes in, in the picture, basically. Mm. I just think that's a cool, like this book has, well, especially in issue two has proven to have not a ton of imagination, but that scene alone is like, man, look at how cool this could be if you, really went gung-ho with this and embraced the silly, you know, because it is silly to have like the DC heroes positioned amongst these like basic military fighter jets and have them all working together, you know? Yes. Um, uh, Although I will say, I feel like I like the steps that DC has taken over the, and comics in general have taken over the last 15 or 20 years to maybe be a little bit less war hockey. And this throws all that out the window. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that, but 
you know, the new Top Gun movie just came out <laughs> and we're, we're in a moment, right? We're in a cultural moment. Um, I just new thought Top I Gun, just a new Top Gun movie starring a very handsome John Hamm. Yeah, right. John Hamm's John Hamm. Exactly. And um, uh, and um, Miles Teller. Yeah. No, I was going to say uh, Tony Stark from the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are correct, sir. Um, uh, no, I just think the, I just think the image looks cool. That's all. Uh, forget the politics behind it. Um, and then the and then the other nice thing I'll say about this is, um, it was wacky to have Bruce like. Uh, uh, transporting cyborg's head in a briefcase yes yes uh, again like it's just one li- it's just a couple panels but i think if it i i want you guys are right when you say this is painfully generic but there's one or two moments where like man if you just would have embraced that kind of thing a little more and we're willing to get more silly or more bombastic like that you maybe would have had something here like like embracing Bruce as like this dickhead who does whatever he needs to to win the day down to like stealing Cyborg's head <laughs> and using it to whatever ends he needs to. Like, that's a wacky idea. I can roll with that. There's not enough of that in this. Not nearly enough. I agree with that. I mean, I, I have written down that that comment about the uh, the head. Because it is a very, it's a very sort of um, like just only in comics idea, right? Um, mm-hmm. And 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 that that's fun. I'm I'm on board with that. My issue with that is I feel like the reason that Witta could write that that scene is because he felt the conversation between Bruce and. Uh, and Vic was so moving that it would justify that moment. <laughs> Whereas that scene was written like dog shit and does not necessarily add anything to the, uh, to the proceedings at all. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Zach, did you catch the uh, star Wars reference in this episode, in this issue? Uh, obviously. Yeah. It was, okay. yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's fine. All right, I think that's all I have to say about this book, unless anyone else has something to add. No. Okay. Well, let's take a break, and when we return, we'll talk about our final two books of the week. So stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with Aquaman number five, written by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas, 
illustrated by Sammy Bosfrey and oh, I did not write down the other artist too. Is it? It's somebody. Uh, shit. You can let me no, out, guys. Ba- here anytime. Bas- Bas- what? Bosfrey's the only artist. No, no, no. There's a second artist on it. Sifuentes is the inker. Oh, is oh, okay. I wasn't sure Sifuentes was doing because it just says. Okay, come my on, bad. man. Come said, on, man. My 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 notes Soda! say. Soda. <laughs> fuck off. My notes say Sammy Bosri, and I didn't fill in the second part there. So okay, that's on that's on me. Um, so I was not caught up with this book. I think I was an issue behind, and I did not go back and catch up. But I figured out what was happening just fine. Um, I'm gonna sound a bit like a uh, hypocrite here for a second, which is that we talk all the time about how certain comics just feel too decompressed and don't move things along fast enough. And then we get a book like this where I like how much action is happening here, but I do feel like I could use a little more time with each of these characters. And maybe it's slightly too compressed. Do you guys agree? Disagree with that? Too, too compressed. Like there's, there's, I I wish we had more time with all the characters. Hmm. That is definitely true. But I would not trade that for having a more decompressed story. See, my problem is, is, is usually when they decompress a story, they don't even really spend more time with That's the characters true. doing That's anything true. fun. It's just they, they stretch out the like exposition and the action, you know? Right so, right. so, yeah, in an ideal world, yes, I absolutely do want to like the little bits that we get with uh, Tempest. Um, or is that is that in this issue, or am I thinking of something from no, the future? Tempest well, that, is in this issue. Tempest is, is, okay. Issue, yes. All Gosh. right, all right. I yeah. Never mind what I was talking about. Um, what uh, were you talking about? That backup in the. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read that. I haven't okay. read it yet either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for a couple weeks. So, um. No, yeah, the little bit that we get of Tempest made, made me go like, oh, I want, I want to see more Tempest, you know, <laughs> like I want to see more of all these characters. I like absolutely every character that they're working with here. And on top of that, like, I, I was never really a skeptic of this, but man, is Black Manta a good foil slash anti-hero slash ally in yes. this comic? Like, it's so well done. It defies the odds, I think, of how, like, it could have easily been very dumb. But the way that, that Brown and Thomas are writing it, I believe it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I want to spend more time with all these characters. I, I would not trade that for just having them have more decompressed action or for having more exposition or something like that. So, which is usually what you get when you stretch out Yes, I, I I agree with that. What I'll say is that I think this feels like it would be more effective if there was still an Aquaman title and a Black Manta title. Yeah, and they and were it was, they were crossing over. And... Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or even if the if if the series was twice monthly and it was still Aquaman, but it was you'd get you know sort of every other story would be a Black Manta story, something like that, or Black Manta focused, you know, piece. I honestly, I do wish it was still that way. I wish that they were separate series because I would like to get more of the individual writers' voices coming through mm-hmm. than having them working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
it gets a little muddled because I'm not super familiar with their individual voices anyway. So um, I would I would appreciate the time and the separation, I think. But but I also think they are doing a good job together. Like I, I don't Yeah, yeah, no, the writing is is good. The dialogue is good. Yeah. Um you know what my biggest critique of this issue though in this arc hmm. is that I feel like we have only been getting Atlantis against the surface stories for like the past decade. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like every single Aquaman story, except for really like Dan Abnett's the, the Abnett run, even though I think his run did have some of that in the beginning. And then the Kelly Sue stuff, I feel like from what I read, didn't really didn't really mess with that that much. Um, but yeah, ever since Jaws, it's like that's all it is. I mean, to be fair, I think that that's well, it might be more highlighted the last 10 years. I think that's kind of always the way Aquaman stories are, unfortunately, or at least the way many of them are. Yeah, uh, I again, I, I don't I like I don't want to like harp too much on this, but because like, we already did kind of mention like the but like the militarization aspect of it, I think is like a, a big key part of that. Like this issue has uh, Steve Trevor like jetpack in like a total goon and, and be like, yeah. I love that scene. Why? Because you love- you're such a big Steve Trevor fan. No, like, because they clown, on, clown on him. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, how he's like, uh, he basically says, like, I'm a hero, Steve. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm a hero. You're a pencil pusher. <laughs> yeah. It's like a classic. It's like a scene from uh, from Top Gun or something. <laughs> Top Gun in theaters right now. That, not, no. We're not being we're not being paid for this. That's right. Master Chief. I am dangerous. <laughs> that is a stupid nickname, right? Master Chief. Well, it's from Trevor. Halo. Yeah. He's he's the Halo man. Mm-hmm. He's canonically Master Chief from Halo. Yeah. How could I have ever forgotten that? <laughs> um, but no, this is overall, this is good. I uh, I would very much enjoy these guys getting more time on this with these characters. I know next issue is a Dark Crisis tie-in. And then there has not been another solicited issue since, but it also has not been announced as being canceled. And I'm wondering if this is just the story they're telling really needs Arthur in it. So maybe it's just taking a little bit of a breather until Dark Crisis is over and he's yeah. back from wherever. Or which if they're going to relaunch because no, which is weird because no other book is doing that, you know. Well, so Williamson said something to me when we when I interviewed him about how by the end of Dark Crisis, almost every book would be referencing what's happening in Dark Crisis. Okay. At least that was the plan a few months ago. You know, who knows if that's still the, the plan or not. I did hear a rumor that we're going to get a full like Dark Crisis month where where everything is everything except for like prestige titles and 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 mini series that were already their own thing uh-huh. are are going to be essentially Dark Crisis tie-ins. So I'm all for that. Inject yeah. it into my veins. That's what we've wanted, right? And when and when it gets here, we're gonna hate it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but that you is more than, you more than the rest of us. But yeah, yes, we will all hate it. Me <laughs> more than anyone else. I'll curse this this infernal month <laughs> where I must read everything and like maybe three comics. 
Yeah. But that's but but that's event comics, baby. Yes. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Uh any other notes on the, uh, we should say that uh Sammy Bossery continues to do really good work on this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that it's a lot of times Aquaman books, I think, fall into a trap of making every place in Atlantis look almost the same as every other place in Atlantis. There isn't a lot of definition given to different areas or even different like underwater cultures like um, Zebel is often just drawn as the same as Atlantis is. I think Bosri does a good job of giving each little area a bit of its own flavor. And I think the characters are all, um, I think their body language, I, it's something I noticed specifically in the scene with Garth, with Tempest, is that you know he is supposed to be undercover, but Bosri does a really nice job of making him like stiff and upright as he is trying to look relaxed. And similarly, there's a scene where the, the scene where Jackson is doing his big um, like concentration moment to keep everything together. Even if there was no dialogue in that scene, Bosri does a really nice job of just highlighting the intensity with which Jackson is is holding everything together. I think it's a really good character issue as well, as well as having some interesting and unique Atlantean touches for the different settings. Well said. I yeah. agree. Really good. Well, that brings us to our final issue of the week, which is Robin number 15, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Roger Cruz. Vince, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, I really really liked this um it was it was a lot of fun it returns kind of to the you know for shadow war uh damien kind of got pulled away and they kind of recap that a little bit but then it, it it then it does return him to what he was doing before in in kind of a fun way um where like Damien's talking to, to Bruce and Talia about how, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to join you, Talia. Your way is not the way, but, but, you know, I, I need to be separate from Bruce too. I have my own path to and follow. Then, and then Bruce says, this is the way <laughs> and it doesn't take his, it doesn't take his mask off. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Um, and then he basically like pieces out on both of them and, and it's just, that moment felt really true to all the characters involved, I think. And it's, we've talked about how, Oh, you know, uh, Bruce and Damien just reconciled and now they're going to ruin it. And it's going to be Batman versus Robin again. And that's the name of an event that's coming up. I I realized that. Um, But I think the way that it's done in this issue in particular to get him away from them again, feels really honest and believable. It does. He doesn't, spoil the bruce and damien relationship to do so he just says hey look dad i i got my own thing i was doing before i got roped up into this and i gotta go back and deal with it and like that's totally a a sort of true to life um not kind of a MacGuffin-y way to get that to happen right right um and then and then you get to lazarus island you get back with connor hawk you get Lord Deathman washing up on the shore, just you know, 
I think fun all the way through and the Roger Cruz art again, we've said it before. It's not Gleb. It's not quite Gleb, but it's honestly, it's, it's, it's getting at that same sort of feel at least. And I like the feel. I like the tone. Like I can definitely appreciate that. Zach. I, I wasn't as impressed by this. Um, I think I've been a little bit more down on Robin in general since the, the, um, the tournament arc ended. Um, uh, I, I just like, yeah, I, I, I thought, I just don't care about any of this, like Bruce and Tali stuff. Like I like shadow war well enough, but like all, all of this old song and dance, you know, it just same old song and dance. I, I just don't care. Um, I, there were a couple of interesting things. I did like the stuff with Lazarus Island that I do like that. They are kind of returning to that. And, and I would be a little bit more excited about that if like the, the like future of the book kind of wasn't up in the air because I think Williamson is leaving with issue 17. So this is pretty much his last arc and we don't know who's going to take over the book after that. And we don't know what it'll be like. So, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like, eh, I'll, I'll wait and see. There was an interesting line in this. Um, and we should I, note, I by the way, just real quick, Zach, I'm sorry. We should yeah. note that this has not been solicited for September. Oh, so maybe the book is actually ending. Or. Or taking a month off or something. Maybe it's waiting until the thing with Wade is over. The Batman versus Robin thing. Right, right. That could be it. Um, but on the on the point of the Batman versus Robin thing and specifically like the Wade stuff. um did you catch the line about the the devil nausea in this? Yeah, that was teased already in the um Oh, there was that short in the Pride special. Oh, did they mentioned it in that? Yes, they did. We talked about it on the show. <laughs> I was going to say am I having deja vu? Didn't we talk about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember that story. I don't remember them talking about the devil measure in that yes they did i said i said how surprised i was to see that in a pride uh, in the pride special I, something I glossed, that was going to lost over that ten thousand yeah. percent yeah nope didn't don't even remember talking about that or reading it uh and i was present i did both of those things <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's okay buddy we love you yeah i'm gonna have to go back and look at that um okay that makes more sense because i I thought for a minute they were trying. I was like, they've not talked about that at all in this book. Are they trying to tie the devil Nezus to like the demon in the Lazarus pit? That's, that's what I was wondering, but uh, now th this makes much more sense. Even if it is, even if it does make less sense to me. <laughs> it was literally like one panel. Actually, you, you guys keep talking. I'm going to go look for it. So I can I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Oh, actually. you're doing it right now. And it's in, it's in the Connor Hawk story. It is. It yes. is. Yes. 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 Okay. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm looking well, for what it. What I was going to say is that, you know, I, when we were paging through this last week, I had thought that Zach would be very excited about Lord Deathman. And he was, he was halfway excited. I, I thought he'd be more excited. Than, yeah, than no, I, I, it's fine. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Lord Deathman already showed up in this series, too, already. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, just the name Nesha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I guess I just completely glossed over that. Okay. Uh, but I think that the addition of Lord Deathman into this piece of the story is is pretty fun. I um yeah, I I, I like Connor Hawk. I like that Williamson is one of the few creators who I think cares as much about sort of nineties ancillary DC bullshit as I do. So seeing Connor Hawk back is, you know, Brian Nip. Overall, I thought this was a good issue. I thought this was a good issue in particular because I think that for the most part, Talia Al Ghul is an interesting character who was very rarely given interesting things to do. And I think her being a spy on the inside for the DEO, if anyone picks up that thread, could be kind of fun and interesting. But I have no idea if that will be picked up upon until there is a very specific need for it at some point in the future. Yeah. The, her car is cool. Her new, like... Her car is cool. Secret DEO Lazarus spy car. If Talia became James Bond, that would be kind of cool. So if Talia became uh, Dick, Grayson, Dick Grayson from the Grayson series. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Grayson. Well, that does it for this week, folks. A little bit of a shorter show than usual, but there wasn't a ton to talk about this week. Vincey, what is coming up next week? Next week, 7-5. Uh, we got Batman 125. That's the first Chip Zdarsky one. Um, Batman 89, number six. Batman Beyond New Year, number four. Batman Killing Time, number five. <laughs> Black Adam, The Justice Society Files, Hawkman, number one. Brian's super excited for that. Can't movie, wait. Movie tie-in. Uh, Dark Crisis number two, DC versus Vampire seven, Flashpoint Beyond three, Mon- Monkey Prince number six, Multiversity Teen Justice two, Nubia Queen of the Amazons two, Poison Ivy two, Suicide Squad Blaze book three, and The Joker number 15. At least three of those books I didn't know were still a thing, or I've forgotten <laughs> what was a thing at some point. Uh, the Joker, The Suicide Squad Blaze one, and Batman Killing Time. Correct. <laughs> I can't believe that we, I mean, I know it's a King book, but I really can't believe that we're just going to let killing time just like slide by and not, it's not even acknowledge that it exists. I, I believe Vince's exact words were, I will not read that shit. <laughs> yeah. We are probably going to talk about a Tom King book in the not too distant future. We are, we are, we are. I don't know what else we would talk about from that week either. <laughs> that's a that's a light week. That's a problem for a different day. Until then, if you need to get in touch with two thirds of us, we are on Twitter. I'm at Brian is an app. And I'm at the woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is watching the snowman from 2017 <laughs> on HBO Max. I gave you all the clues. You could have saved her. <laughs> I'm the snowman. Oh, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, and clearly you don't, uh, check out uh, John Daly's new album on uh, your streaming platform of choice. It's called Ding Dong Delicious. And uh, the track, The Snowman, parentheses 2017, is uh, it's something, folks. I'm addicted to computers. Oh, no. The whole album is, is good. It's But uh, The Snowman and track three, the name of which I'm not going to say, I want people to be surprised by it. <laughs>
eating something with DJ Khaled. <laughs> Sa- eating salad with DJ Khaled, right? There, there you go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. You wear my power Friday night lights. <laughs> <laughs>